40 of the believer. If you haven't been here the last two Sunday nights, you can go get a CD in the bookstore or listen to it online. What's the deal here, man? There's a whole bunch of folks over in this section. And so, you know, if I gravitate over here, I'm not ignoring y'all. This is unusual because usually it's the opposite. Hey, group. (laughs) Are you closer to the candy? Is that what it is on this side? Okay, anyhow, so we encourage you to listen to the two teachings before so you'll get, it'll be better to build on what we're talking about tonight. But we have established this, that the value of our authority rests on the power that is behind that authority. And who is the, who is behind the authority that we have? God, the most high God. He is the most high God. There is none higher. And then last week we talked about our seat of authority, that we as believers have been raised up together. We've been made to sit together with Christ Jesus. Where is that? In heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. We have a seat and our seat comes with benefits. Hallelujah. And we're glad that we have been given the name. We've been given the word, the blood, and we can use these and exercise our authority. So tonight we're going to take a little bit of a different turn. It's all still connected, but we're going to talk about if we was going to title it, it would be kingdom dominion. And we're going to begin looking at once again in the book of Ephesians. Now the book of Ephesians is a book of purpose. In this book, the apostle Paul is revealing the mystery of the church, the mystery of Christ in us. Our hope of glory. And it took him, you know, it took him years to get this revelation and the Holy Spirit gave it to him so that you and I could get a picture of who we are in Christ Jesus and what we possess in him. We encourage people, of course, to read the whole Bible, but the book of Ephesians is an awesome place for you to camp. There's a couple of really powerful prayers in there that we can pray over ourselves and we can pray over others. We've already looked at Ephesians chapter 1 and beginning, I believe, in verse 17 there is on through the end of the chapter is an awesome prayer. Ephesians 3 also contains a wonderful prayer. We are not going to look at that tonight, but I would encourage you to read um, these prayers and pray them over yourself. Like we said, the book of Ephesians is just a wonderful, wonderful book. It deals with, like we already talked about, it deals with the wealth of the believer, the walk of the believer, and the welfare, warfare of the believer. So tonight we're going to begin looking at the verse 9 of Ephesians chapter 3. And again, you know, the prayer begins around over there in uh, verse 16, if you want to look at that later on. But beginning in verse 9 of Ephesians chapter 3, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which is from the beginning of the ages, which has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. What is this mystery? This mystery that was hidden in God is the fact that when he knew when he created man, God never has a oops moment. He never has, oh, 
didn't see that coming. He knew when he created Adam, he knew that man was going to fall. He knew that Satan was going to deceive him and try to gain the lordship of the, of the earth. And the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. For a limited time, his lease is running out. But this mystery that was hidden in God from the beginning of time was this. That man was going to fall, but God had a plan. He had a plan from the beginning of the time. And that plan was that he was going to purchase his man back. That he was going to redeem us from the hand of the enemy. That he was going to send his very best. That he was going to give his son. We all know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the mystery that was hidden in God. And it wasn't hidden from us, but it was hidden for us. So that Satan had no idea what was going on. We know he thought he won when he crucified, had Jesus crucified, but that was not the end of the story. God never has to play catch up to the devil. He doesn't have to come up with an alternate plan. This mystery was already there. And now let's keep reading here in verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In just the first few verses of Ephesians, of Ephesians chapter 3, we see the word mystery three times. We see the word purpose over and over because again, God never does anything by accident. He had a purpose. Verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through him in faith. So God's purpose was that he would have a group of people washed in the blood of the lamb that would receive the finished work of Christ and that they would manifest his purpose in the earth. They would carry out his will And part of the will that we're going to see here in these other scriptures is that his will is for man to dominate. His will is for man to rule and to reign in this life through Christ Jesus. His will is for us to use our God-given authority over, it listed in there, over principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness in heavenly places. Now, for us as believers, we don't rule and reign from a natural kingdom. But from a heavenly kingdom. We're citizens from above. 
I'm thankful for my rights as a citizen of the United States of America. And you should be too. And you should exercise that right and go vote on November 8th. Amen. And that's all I'll say about that. But you and I are citizens of another kingdom, a higher kingdom, the kingdom of God. And all of the kingdoms here on this earth, they answer to a higher kingdom. Kings, presidents, politicians, no man is God, nor can take the place of God. The kingdom of God is the highest kingdom. And all the other kingdoms must submit to him. Hallelujah. It's good for us to remember, even though we're part of this kingdom up here in heaven, that's where we do our business from. That's where we take authority over the works of the devil. And we have to keep in mind that people are not a problem. Well, you might be looking, sitting next to somebody and you're thinking, you don't know who I'm sitting next to. And you don't know who I live with. They're definitely a problem. And they definitely have a lot of issues. And I know that people can have issues. And people can create a lot of problems for us. But ultimately, the real issue is the devil. We don't go around looking for devil here and devil there. And I know tomorrow night, you know, Halloween is going to be celebrated in the world and goose and ghost and goose, goose, <laughs> goose, goose and ghost and goblins and all of that stuff. <laughs> but you know what? That is just low level devils. But there are, there are low level devils that do try to influence people. And maybe there's somebody at work that just gives you a hard time and a hard time and you just, uh, you just want to give them a piece of your mind. Here's some advice. Don't. You need every piece of your mind that you have. Don't give it away. You need it. But many times when there are th- people that are rubbing you the wrong way and there is harassment, it seems like, constantly badgering you, there can be an evil spirit involved. It doesn't mean that that person is possessed, but particularly if they're not born again, they are just vulnerable to yield to these devils that just try to irritate you. So what do we do? Do we just go and have a fisticuff with them and say, I'm going to settle this once and for all? Do we go Booger Red on them? If you all don't know who Booger Red is, Booger Red was my grandfather. I have quite a bit of Irish in me. And he was known, I mean, he, he didn't get born again until right before he, he passed away, before he died. But he, he was a big guy and he loved to fight. He just flat loved to fight and he would go down. I mean, I'm not proud of it, but he would go down to the bars. And if any of you know, Ricky, you, my brother, you kind of can see how this all fits together. But anyhow, he would come home and tell my grandmother, uh, he'd be all beat up and he'd say, I made a good friend tonight. And she's like, well, what do you mean? He said, yeah, you know, before I can decide whether I'm going to be friends with somebody, I got to know whether I can whoop them. And you know, it's just, so, you know, I have to tell you the truth that there have been times, 
Even though I'm a woman that my flesh has wanted to go booger red on some people. Just be thankful I'm sanctified. That's all I can say. (laughs) But whooping, whooping somebody never solved anything. We don't deal with flesh and blood. We have to get to the root of the real problem. And it's found over here in Ephesians chapter 6 now. We'll look at verse 12 of Ephesians 6. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But here it's listed again. What are we dealing with? But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. We are not glorifying the devil but folks there is a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness and Paul is not telling us here that we have to go out and fight all of the devils but he is simply stating a fact that we are in a spiritual battle and if you're ignorant or you ignore that fact you're probably losing the fight. Because ignorance is not bliss. We can't be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. You know, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices. I believe I shared it last week. Hosea chapter 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We're, we got knowledge in this place. We know who we are in Christ Jesus. How many of you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Do you know that you are more than a conqueror? In him. Hallelujah. Do you know that he always causes us to triumph? This is not a negative message. This is a very positive message. It's just helping us to identify who our enemy is. And any time that we deal with him or any of these low-level devils or evil forces, whatever you call them, we should always do it with the consciousness We have authority over him. He is a defeated foe because the Lord Jesus defeated him for us. Our spiritual dad used to say it like this. He is defeated, but you and I as blood-bought believers who know who we are, we have to enforce his defeat. We can't be ignorant of the fact that attacks come. Is there anybody in here in this auditorium who's never faced a test? Never faced any kind of attack or trial? If you are, let me look for your little wings sprouting there that you may not really be human. You could be angelic. No, we all face things. But we in him have the privilege to say no in the name of Jesus. You are defeated. 
Sickness tries to come up on our body. Do we just have to succumb to that and just say, oh, you know, this is terrible. I might die from this. No, we have to take our dominion and rise up and say, oh, no, you don't sickness. You are a name and you got to bow to the name of Jesus. My Lord Jesus Christ took stripes upon his back that I may be healed. I'm going to enforce your defeat and I'm going to tell you to get off of my body. Even though he's defeated, one thing about him, he is a persistent cuss and he'll just try to attack you here and attack you there. But if we are not ignorant of his devices, and if we have knowledge of the word of God, we will defeat him every single time. You and I operate from the kingdom above. Hallelujah. We are backed by the name of Jesus. All of heaven stands at attention. When we just mention the name of Jesus, Jesus defeated the enemy. He dethroned him. And that victory is heard. It was heard in three realms, heaven, earth, and hell. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is greater than the kingdom of darkness. Now, you know that there are natural kingdoms here on this earth and natural kingdoms operate differently. Just think about the kingdoms or or the countries here on the earth right now. Some of them are very fear ruled. Their king just operates out of fear and oppression of the people. Others are just their king. Their king and their kingdom is full of corruption and lies and deception and just a bunch of crooks. There's other kings and kingdoms, and I'm not naming names. There's other kingdoms that operate under a dictatorship where it's the way I say, and that's the only way it's going to be. And thank God that we live in a democracy where we can voice how our feeling we can stand up for right what is right those are natural kingdoms but again we're part of the kingdom of god this just came to me yesterday as i was thinking about the kingdom of god kingdom of god is not marked by fear lies deception corruption You know what the Bible says? Some of the characteristics, there's many of them, but some of the characteristics of the kingdom of God in Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God, it's not eating and drinking, but what is it? Righteousness. It's peace and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Our kingdom, the kingdom of God is about matters of the heart. Not about natural things. Although like pastor said. Seek ye first the kingdom. The kingdom of God. Matthew six thirty three. Then what's going to happen. All these things will be added unto you. But what do you got to do? You got to seek 
him first. You got to know that you are the righteousness of God. What's righteousness? Right standing with God. Our kingdom, the kingdom of God is matters of the heart. Peace. Where's peace come from? The peace of God that passes all understanding is going to rule in your heart and in your mind. What about joy? There's joy in the kingdom that we're in. Not fear, not sorrow, but there's joy. How many of you are just flat happy that you are in the kingdom of God? Are you full of joy? Knowing Jesus, hallelujah, it's good. Isn't that an old song we used to sing? I'm so glad I'm a part of the kingdom. We're in the right kingdom and there's good things in this kingdom. When our heart is right, righteousness, right standing with God, knowing on the inside of us who we are, it will affect every area. Of our life. Seek ye first the kingdom. Have your heart right. Then guess what? Blessings will follow. Health. Did you know that healing doesn't start with your physical? Healing starts in here. It starts with us taking hold of the word of God. Prosperity starts not out here. It starts in here. Knowing that he said, if you're in my kingdom, I'm going to meet all of your needs according to my riches in glory. That's the kingdom of God in glory, his riches in glory. So it all starts healing, blessing, prosperity, whatever you need. It starts in here first. The kingdom of God's not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace and joy. And it's in us hallelujah we need to live inside minded doesn't the bible tell us over in proverbs i believe it's chapter 23 um somewhere along in there that as a man thinketh in his heart so is he as a man thinketh in his heart. You can look that up later. Proverbs 23, 7. So is he. Matters of the heart matter. And that's why even when you look at political leaders and, and different ones, we can't see a person's heart. But God does know what is in somebody's heart. Nobody is going to be perfect in the flesh. We've all done, we've all committed sins of the flesh. But when it's in the heart, that's a different thing. God knows what's in a person's heart. As a man thinketh, so is he in his heart. And then the Bible also says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. This isn't a translation, but it's my translation. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. People might try to hide what's really in their heart, but sooner or later, it's going to leak out of their mouth. 
So we have to be aware to be God inside minded and to walk in the light of the kingdom of God. This is a good kingdom. I'm telling you, we're blessed to be a part of the family of God. Let's just look at some things that Jesus said about this kingdom in Luke 12, 32 out of the Amplified. Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We're talking about kingdom dominion. Hallelujah. We're in the kingdom of God. And he said, it is your father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. Woo! Talk about benefits. Talk about resources. Hallelujah. Now, in a different translation, and we don't have this one, so just listen to it. Young's literal translation. Fear not, little flock, because your father did delight to give you the rain. R-E-I-G-N. The rain. Last week, we told you some definitions of rain. To rule. To have authority, royal power. Woo! The Father's delighted to give us royal power. The ability to use his name. Heaven stands at attention when we mention the name of Jesus. That's why the Bible tells us when we pray, we don't pray in the name of Buddha. We pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. We reign by taking our place and using our God-given authority, reminding Satan That he has been whooped. He is a defeated foe. Reminding him what Jesus did to him. Let's just look at some scriptures tonight about that. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. The book of Colossians, the first three chapters really kind of say some of the same things that Ephesians does, just in a little different light. So it's a great book to read as well. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Ha ha, ha ha, devil. Now listen to it out of the Amplified. God disarmed the principalities and the powers that were ranged against us. He made a bold display and a public example of them, triumphing over them in him and in it, the cross. Satan thought he won. Can you imagine what was going on in the pit of hell? He thought that he had killed the son of God. 
But praise God, Jesus rose up victorious over death, hell, and the grave. The Bible says he disarmed them. And then I liked how it said in, in the New King James, he made a public spectacle of them. It wasn't done in secret. He displayed, hallelujah, victory over him. Now listen to this. In ancient times, when a king fought against another king and defeated him in battle, it was said that the defeated king was spoiled. The victor would do a parade and the captured king and all the other important prisoners, he would parade them through the town. He would make a show of them. He would display that he had defeated them. Hallelujah. He would display it publicly for all to see that this king has been defeated. That's what Jesus did. And that's what he did for us. He was temporarily in hell, but only two days. On that third day, hallelujah, he rose up. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, I am he, this is Jesus speaking, I am he that liveth. And I was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Let's raise our hands and just give glory to our risen Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. And when he rose for us, when he rose up out of that grave, he took us with him. You and I, our sins were nailed to the cross, but we also were raised up together with him. Hallelujah. We've been spiritually raised. Hallelujah. The enemy has been spoiled and defeated in our lives. And we need to remind ourselves, he is under my feet. Under my feet. The devil is under my feet. Now, I know sometimes his attacks seem horrendous. But the Bible says he goes about as a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. The devil is a deceiver. The devil always tries to display false evidence and make it look real. He's not all that. When we get to heaven and at the end of the tribulation time and the millennial reign happens and that devil is thrown into the pit for a thousand years, we're going to be shouting. But I know many Christians are going to look at him and go, what, what, what? That's the whip that caused so much trouble in my life. Are you kidding me? He's nothing. Jesus stripped him of his power and his authority. That's why he's trying to get yours. Don't give it to him. Don't let him rule and reign in your life. And don't give him your seat. He's looking for a seat. 
You know, the Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. So he comes to the throne on a regular basis and he'll say, Jesus, that Terry, did you see what she did? I don't know anything bad to say about Terry other than she's getting old, but you know, (laughs) but he likes to bring up stuff and start accusing, but you will notice that he has never been invited to pull up a seat. And to sit at the throne. You and I have a seat. We've been raised up together with Jesus. And we've been made to sit together. He's looking and he's trying to get your seat. Don't give it to him. Hallelujah. The only authority that he has is what we let him have. Keep him in his place. Keep him under your feet. Hallelujah. Now let's look at, uh, you know, I don't care what the devil says. It is not going to go his way. They were having that party in the pit of hell. They thought they'd won, but God got the last word. And guess what? God always gets the last word. God always wins. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. And he is the in between. He is the everything. We don't care what the devil say. It's going to go God's way. God's way in our lives. God's way in our nation. Hallelujah. Cause he is the most high God creator of all things. Now listen to this scripture out of the American standard version, Hebrews two fourteen. Since then the children are sharers in flesh and blood. He also himself in like manner partook of the same that through death, he might bring to not, we're just establishing this fact, bring to not him that had the power of death. That is the devil. You know what the word not means? Reduce to nothing. Not could also be zero. The devil is a big zero. He's not a 10. He's not an eight. He's not even a five. He's a zero. Jesus brought him to not, to nothing. Glory be to God. For this purpose, the Bible says in 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose, the son of man was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. We started out talking about God had a purpose and his purpose and his intent was that you and I would manifest him through, through us. The world would see him. That's the purpose of the body. The purpose that Jesus came was to destroy the works of the devil and to buy back God's creation. He fulfilled his purpose. And I submit that we are going to fulfill our purpose. We are going to manifest his glory to this world. 
The Bible says in this wonderful book of Ephesians in chapter 5 that we are the glorious church. We're going to be the glorious church. I know right now that the church looks more grungy than glorious, but we're heading toward glory. I believe his word, but for the rapture of the church, we're going to be filled with his glory. Hallelujah. We will manifest him. His purpose was that the church would manifest him, not manifest our opinions. Not manifest church doctrines. Manifest Him. His goodness. His mercy. His love. There is a lost, hurting, dying, sighing humanity. They don't need to be condemned or judged. They need to know God loves you. We don't condone horrible and horrendous acts of sin. I'm not saying that. But we love people. And we bring them to Jesus. And we let him love them through us. Hallelujah. We're the fishermen. We're called to be fishers of men. But we don't have to clean the fish. Jesus cleans them up. Hallelujah. We catch them and let his word and his spirit clean them up. Amen. Hallelujah. Now listen, folks. We've been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness. And we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. We're winding down here. That's Colossians 1.13. And you and I are supposed to be exercising kingdom dominion it is no accident that you are alive in 2016 it is no accident you're in the family that you're in it is no accident you live in the city the neighborhood the state or the country that you live in We've been placed strategically by God to manifest his glory, to show forth his light and to take authority over the works of the devil arrayed against our families, our cities and our nations. Let me give you this real cool illustration. You know, pastors Mack and Lynn Hammond, you probably have heard of them. They pastor in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And in Minneapolis is uh, the biggest mall in the United States of America. It's called the Mall of America. It's an awesome place. You can spend a lot of time and a lot of money there. It's awesome. Well, they recently had credible threats. It was all over the news. Credible threats that there were going to be attacks at the Mall of America. Minneapolis, for some reason, there's been this huge uh, Somali refuge that refugees that have come there. And so, you know, this was all over the place. You know, these are they all extra security, this, that and the other. Well, what do you do when you hear something like that? Do you get in fear and say, 
I'm never going to the mall. Now that would be the devil. (laughs) Get in fear and say, I'm never going to go to the mall. No, that's not what we do. And that's not what they did. They began to take authority and to use their dominion. And Pastor Lynn got in her heart. This was their play city. This was their domain. This was their territory. God put them there in Minneapolis. And so this is what they did every day. And they're probably still doing it. Two prayer warriors went and walked that mall and took authority over any assignments of the devil. And guess what has happened? It came to zero. It came to knock. The prayers of the saint brought those attacks to naught. We have more authority than we realize, folks. And you and I need to exercise it on a regular basis. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. And I want to read uh, one closing scripture as we're standing. We've been doing a lot of praying and thank God for it. We do need to be praying. And lifting up our nation, lifting up things. Last week we prayed over families. But I have this in my heart as we close tonight. We're not going to be here much longer. But I want to read you this scripture out of Ephesians chapter 3. Because we have been praying. Y'all been praying? We've been praying. And this is what this verse says in the Amplified. Now to him who by... In consequence of the action of his power that as it that is at work within us is able to now read the rest of it with me. It's up there able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Hallelujah. Now just listen to the first part of that out of the message. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. So this is what I want to do tonight. Like I said, we've been spending a lot of time praying and we don't minimize that. We're going to continue to pray. But I just sensed in my heart, if we could have the musicians go ahead and come to the platform again, that would be great. I just sensed in my heart that we need to begin to just thank God. Because I believe this, that he is carrying out his purpose. We, our prayers, give him fuel. And our prayers have been fueling the plan of God. And we believe that his purpose for our nation shall stand. That he's going to do super abundantly far over and above. Do you believe that? Do you believe that in your own life? Did you know that our God is a God, a God of the too much? Pastor shared it this morning. He is El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.